Welcome to Why in the World. My name is Ben Shepard. Firstly, if you haven't rated, reviewed or subscribed to the podcast yet and you're really enjoying it, please go and get that done for us. On to today's episode. This lady's done huge multi-day challenges here in the UK, projects in Malta and Ireland, and now she's heading back to her homeland of Australia for her biggest challenge to date. Nikki Love is on Why in the World. So I'm sat in Nottingham, it's a Friday morning and I am with Nikki Love, how are you? I'm great Ben, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Thank you for having me in your house to start with. Ah, pleasure. Thank you for uh, thank you for the brew as well, <laughs> the nice uh, dark coffee to wake me up this morning. Uh, Nikki, I wanted to come and talk to you, um, one, because of the adventure you're about to go on, but two, because of the stuff that you've done in the past. What has kind of led you on this journey of where you are now? There's several reasons why. Um, I now want to see just what I'm capable of, how far I can go. That's that personal um, uh, thought process. Um, And it started pretty much um, from doing my first marathon and not finishing. And um, I didn't want to be the person who gave up and um, said it was all too much. I wanted to find a way to make it happen. Um, And that's pretty much how (laughs) it it progressed from one to many um, to running um, countries. (laughs) It seems a bit mad to say that, doesn't it? You're about to run a country. A country. (laughs) It it does sound a little bit mad, but it's um, if, if you break it down, it's just I'm going for a little run every day. That's that's the simple part of it. Just explain to people what you're about to do then, if they don't know. Okay, so I'm about to run across Australia. Um, I'm going to start in Cottesloe Beach in Perth and finish in Bondi Beach in Sydney. And that's approximately... 4,000 kilometres or 2,400 miles. That's a big number. It is a big number. And when you talk big numbers, it's quite um, daunting and scary. So that's why I break it down to one day at a time. And almost, um, this is the way I, I work at at it is is I work in five kilometers or park runs but that's the figure that I can work with I'm just going to be doing about 12 park runs a day (laughs) 12 12 and a bit 12 and a bit isn't it weird how people that do these long distant things break stuff down in their head like that you'll be doing like this mental maths in your head whilst you're running and then suddenly when you actually work out the end of the sum you finished so exactly it's all good. It, it there is a lot of time on your hands and if you can feel that time um in ways that uh keep you progressing then you before you know it you've, you've finished your day um so yes doing mental maths mm-hmm. is one of those strategies so uh, why is this challenge so special to you obviously we can hear by your accent it's the homeland why did you pick this as your next thing um <laughs> it was always something that i wanted to do i'd, I'd um I've been watching what other people do for a very long time and rather than be daunted by it, so I've, I've had lots of comments saying, oh, you know, you are daunting and I actually I'm not. I, I, what I'm trying to do is bring people along with me and when I was reading what other people were doing, rather than go, oh, that's that's impossible for me, I was trying to think of what is possible for me um, and I'd, I'd seen somebody run across Australia and thought, I'd like to give that a go one day. But at that point, I hadn't done any of these long distance um, multi-day things. So um, 
I had to start from where I was um, and um, build up slowly and slowly and slowly. So it's always been in my head, um, but I had to sort of take the the stepping stones to get to that point. And what have been those stepping stones? Um, So um, I've run seven marathons in seven days. um, And that was going straight from um, only having run a marathon. Um, It was a big step, (laughs) but, um, and, and, and a big learning curve um so I did the seven marathons in seven days and then thought well um 63 marathons in 63 days sounds how do you go from <laughs> how do you go from seven to 63 <laughs> to me it was a quite a logical jump yeah. <laughs> um the the thing was is that when I did my seven marathons in seven days I had read this book by Dean Carnese's um, called 50 and 50. He ran 50 marathons in 50 days in 50 states of America. At that time I thought I wonder what I could do and I had in my head this idea of 30. Um, I, I had a child at school, um, I had a business, I had had to work out how long I could physically take away to do this. So I came up with this idea of 30. Everybody around me um, said, no, that's mad, it's crazy, you can't. And they gave me great big long lists as to why I couldn't make this happen. I listened and I believed and I dumbed it down or I, I, I made it smaller and I decided seven. Seven would do me um, and um, I went on and did the seven. I'm really glad because on the eighth day I couldn't move um, but I still had this thing inside of me. I wonder if I'm capable of more. So um, I was coming up to my 50th birthday and this whole thing of 50 marathons in 50 days was ticking around in my head. Um, And so I decided to look at it again. And um, when I looked, I found um, a record of a woman who'd run 60 marathons in 60 days. And I thought, well, 50 sounds like 60. And if I'm going to do this, I may as well try for the 60. And if I'm going to do the 60, then I may as well try and beat it. And then it just became a, a logistical thing. If I go on the road for nine weeks, nine sevens are 63. That's how the number came about. <laughs> it's, logistically, that must have been a nightmare to go around and do that. 63 and 63 days it was um and possibly thankfully i was unaware of just how hard it was going to be so i just took off and and uh, had the the thought pattern that i would work it out along the way um so yes it, it was uh difficult and it threw a lot of challenges but that's part of the adventure is you don't want life doesn't happen that way life doesn't run totally smooth that you you have to face um uh, challenges obstacles and that was part of the the adventure is overcoming all of you those mentioned things. when you did the seven in the seven that on the eighth day you struggled to walk oh i couldn't get up <laughs> I, I was um i was out um i in bed um struggling to move and i had to crawl to the fridge to get some food i, I just could not move everything hurt every single piece of me hurt so when you did the 63 and 63 when you got to that eighth day obviously it's all new territory from then on in oh gosh it was and um it was very much a a a thing in my head what happens on the eighth day and there'd been a lot of uh lessons learned during the seven marathons i i improved my eating um i improved my training leading up to that i came at it 
with a different attitude. I learned that um, you're allowed to walk when you run. <laughs> I didn't do that in the seven. It was like every step has to be a run. So when I was tired, when I, I things hurt, I stopped <laughs> rather than just sort of like walk it out. So uh, I learned a lot of lessons and the attitude was different. Um, I slowed it down and found a pace that I could um, continue with each and every day. I also had that mental strength as well, is that I knew that pain was coming and I knew that I could get through it and then I knew how to um, sort of keep pushing and I had many, many reasons why I wanted to keep pushing and I kept going back to those reasons to um, sort of drive me further. Thankfully, during the 63, I didn't really get excessive aches and pains, nothing like um, what I did in those seven, those first seven marathons. Again, it was uh, more to do with knowledge of, of, um, of my body uh, because I've got a sports therapist in the background. So I was able to control um, these little niggles, aches and pains, um, slowing it down. And just it doesn't sound like it, but having fun. Mm. I had fun all along the way even when I was crying the underlying point was that I was out there doing something that I loved doing it for a reason I loved and that was fun you mentioned the reasons Mm. what are the reasons so there's the personal thing of wanting to push myself so um, it's wanting to make sure that I'm going out there doing my best and being my best so that drives me Along the way, I've um, learned that the more things I do and the more I share, the more people want to come along with me. So it was being um, inclusive, asking people to come and run with me. Um, and that was just general public um, who, who came and, and did these runs with me. Now, I had so many people come and, and do a run and they were only intending to run very short parts of, of the day with me and then did an entire marathon and it hadn't been on their agenda. So so there's there's that side of it. It's the inspiring and encouraging and helping others to um, find what it is that they want to do. I also had a uh, schools um, joined me. So I went and spoke at a lot of schools, told them what I was doing and said, do you want to come along for the ride? Um, So what they did was they ran around at school and they did their little bit and watched as I went along. And together they were sort of like clocking up the mileage that I was doing. And we actually spoke about that before we press record on this, mm-hmm. the fact that you do like to go into schools and speak to these kids and hopefully act as an inspiration to them. Mm. Why is that something that's so important to you? It's a um, an important message, I think, to encourage and inspire the next generation. How do you do that? Um, show them the fun side of things. Show them the enjoyment. Show them what um, uh, these things can bring to your life. It's not necessarily about um, the competitiveness of it. It's it's the other side of it. What what does it bring internally? The the strengths that you find, and and that sounds a bit heavy for you know a, a primary school four to eleven year old. But if they learn that they are capable of of doing these things, then they will remember that and they will take that on with them to the next level, the next level, the next level. That sense of fun and enjoyment and running around and laughing and giggling so that's what we do when we when I go to schools I run with the kids and and 
yes they want to race me but we also just sort of like skip about and yeah, and and hold hands and and run and and just giggle and run um and if you can remember that and then take that through and then you've also done this accomplishment so the kids sort of realize that you know they run around the, the schoolyard they maybe do it once then they maybe do it twice and then they do it three times and all of a sudden they've realized that they are capable of doing these things and that messaging is really important and they take that through what's it brought you it's a big question it is a big question um if i said purpose i always had a purpose um but this is bringing more joy to that purpose I love going to get, going to primary schools and seeing the faces when they run and it, it gives me my the, the face so you know the, the the smiles the joy the the fun I take that when I go running um, instead of trying to do this racing and and competitiveness I actually go out and, and just enjoy where I am why I'm doing it and uh I think it's peace, um, I think it's passion, and I think it's purpose. I, I think that's what running brings to me. How do you feel when you run? Quiet, free, adventurous. I'll go back to the very first time I went for a, a run. It was at high school. Um, I was, uh, I think, 12, 13. It was, we were told to go off on a cross-country. I'd never gone out for a specific, you know, run. Right. I had done ballet up to that point. Um, I'd done ballet since the age of four, so I was quite athletic. I took this thing. We went out and we went off the schoolyards and into fields, and um, this athleticism was outside of four walls um so ballet had been very constrained in inside and all of a sudden i was outside and that was that adventure it it just clicked and that's what i try and bring into my running now is where can i go what can i see who can i meet it's adventure you're certainly (laughs) definitely delving into that so with the run that you're going to be doing let's talk about the logistics of that to start with how long are you looking to take and what have you done to prepare okay so this um magic number 63 popped up again (laughs) it's random number 63 so um i looked at the distance um which is is just under four thousand kilometers and if you times 63 by 63 (laughs) you come up with um this number um just under four thousand kilometers so the next thing was always about pushing to the next level um, so I, I use the phrase chasing extraordinary. So you get to a level, then you think, well, what else am I capable of? Look at the next level. I ran 63 marathons in 63 days. If I ran 63 kilometers a day for 63 days, I'd run from Perth to Sydney. <laughs> That's the, the plan. The plan. Implementing that plan is... Um, yeah, it's 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 exciting. It's scary. It's a logistical nightmare, um, but it's um, something that I'm working on. I have to get to Australia. I have to um, get a van. I have to feed myself. I have to water myself. Um, I have a team. I have a team of one. He does all that side of the stuff, uh, trying to keep me alive. And uh, the training is 
both physical and mental, trying to increase mileage, but also increase the belief that instead of doing a marathon a day, I can do a marathon and a half a day. Mm-hmm. Working on that mental um, side of it, that um, this can be done, this can be done, I am doing it. Are you nervous? Very, <laughs> very nervous. The upside of doing my 63 marathons is I hadn't done anything like that before, so it was all new and I didn't know what was coming. Now I know what is coming. <laughs> there, there, it, it's a little bit frightening, but again, that's the the purpose of it is to sort of push that next level up, level up again um, and see what happens. You know you're going to that dark place. <laughs> Yes, yes. Any ultra runner will tell you that there's many highs, there's many lows. um, And it's how do you cope with the lows and um, get yourself out of them. Um, So there's a lot of mental talk in there. So it's very quick to go in a downward spiral. But if you practice, it's equally as quick to go in an upward spiral. So does it feel extra special because you're running through your home? I think so, yeah. It's not like I'm coming home or, or, or sort, of, sort of anything no, it's not big like, a like that. Like no yeah. banners or party <laughs> No, no. It, it, but it is um, understanding, and this is something I've learned over the, the last few years: is that you get to be closer, get more up close and personal with with people, with the place that you're running in, and and that's that that connection, and and that's what I've learned is that you connect more when you are actually running. Um, in a place so last year I went and ran around Ireland I didn't know much about Ireland at all Um, I soon learned how beautiful it was how hilly it was (laughs) how how layered it was how that that's the the countryside and then the people were so beautiful you know and welcoming and encouraging that's what I want to see in my home country I want to see that up close and personal Mm. In fact, I, I want to see the whole world up close and personal. So, you know, <laughs> look I out. I feel like you're definitely not going to stop. <laughs> no. <laughs> you're definitely not going to stop. What do like friends and family and people that you know think about all these things you do? Because sitting down with people and just talking to them and telling them about things, they must think, is this real life? Is this true? Is she doing these things? <laughs> so when I first started um, and I did this seven marathons in seven days, the people around me didn't understand what I was capable of. I didn't really know what I was capable of. And the, the comments and the talking out of didn't come from a pa- place of hate. It came from a place of love. They wanted to make sure that I didn't hurt myself. They wanted to make sure I was okay. They didn't want me to sit to, to see me fail. But these things you've got to learn for yourself and you've also got to see just what you are capable of at that point they all thought she's a little bit crazy she's <laughs> this is this is going to be impossible but I also once I started I had their full backing mm. um, and they helped me and, and pushed me when I thought I couldn't get up and go anymore at the end of it <laughs> they wanted me to stop so that was a consensus you know you've done this now get it get you know tick it off your list leave it alone but I actually wanted to do more as I've gone further as I've I've pushed myself I've had more people come in behind me who have it's not so much believe but want to be a part of it I guess it is belief as well that they think we'll be a part of this and we'll help you and you you then start getting a a community around you who are actually going to push you further and further and like I say it's not that the the people who said no you can't do this um, you're crazy 
were doing it out of malice. It, it was that they just wanted to make sure I was okay. Just a place of care. Yeah, absolutely. Just because people don't realise what the human body is capable of, mm-hmm. I don't think. And that's something that you must have hugely experienced over the past few years, just realising quite what you are capable of, mm-hmm. not just you, but the human body as a whole. Yeah. And obviously going to these schools and spreading the message that you're spreading now, that must feel super special to kind of know in yourself what these kids could do if they wanted to do it. I think it's quite magical when I go out and I, I watch what other people are doing. I'm in awe and I think, well, wow, if they're capable of doing this, without comparing myself, I just want to see what I, I'm mm. capable of doing and that's what I, I try and sort of get to the other uh, to the kids and, and to anybody else who watches. It's not necessarily follow me or, or do what I'm doing, but finding your own thing that you want to try, your own personal extraordinary, and then go chasing it because when you achieve it it's it's so so special it's such a wonderful feeling i mentioned that i failed at my first marathon it wasn't a, a fail it was a learning experience i took it on board and thought okay i still want to be this marathon runner what do i have to do to make that happen so i went away and learnt from it so i've done quite a few races where i haven't finished uh, for many many reasons take that information work out what you can do if you want to make it better improve and then go and work on it there's a massive fear of not finishing there's a massive fear of not finishing there's a massive fear of perhaps being last i've experienced both and you know what the world doesn't collapse in on you if anything uh, coming last brings more cheer and more support um if you're simply going out there and, and, and trying your best and to do your best and to be your best, it doesn't matter whether you finish or whether you um, come last or whether you're middle of the road, whether it's a good race or a bad race for you, you've done your best. Um, and that's all you can ever ask of yourself. I think it's very evident that you are in it for the enjoyment of it and to inspire others. Do you think that maybe in this world that we're in now, particularly athletically, people maybe forget that it's supposed to be enjoyable? Um, (laughs) Personal progress and wanting to go and do your best, and if that means if you're uh, sort of up there and you're racing to to win... um, or to place and or to, to personal best, then yeah, absolutely. There, there's a reason for that, and and but don't lose that sense of what it is that you're trying to to do, or the the enjoyment that it brings to you. If it's not enjoyable, why do it? Mm. Um, if it's not um, fun, perhaps you're you're losing the, the the plot or losing the point of it. The why, maybe. The why. The yeah. why you're doing it. You talk about chasing extraordinary as well. Where did that come from? The, the word extraordinary came about, I, I, I think it may have been a kid who said it to me. It, it was, uh, you're extraordinary. And like, well, what is that? It's it's uh, two words, extra and ordinary. And I, I do believe I'm very ordinary. Um, but um, it, it's putting that little extra bit to it. And this whole chasing extraordinary is 
When I did that very first run um, at school, it was approximately three kilometres. I didn't run it all in one go. I, I ran and then I stopped, caught my breath, and then I ran again. I stopped and caught my breath. I made the school team. And from there, that thought of, well, actually, if I train a little bit, perhaps I can run the entire three kilometres. And that three kilometres was my very first goal, my very first level. So I worked on it and I got it. And that was me achieving something extraordinary to me. This might be a really weird question, but how do you keep yourself so grounded? Because you've done these amazing, massive challenges and you've just sat there and said, I'm ordinary. I don't know how anybody can look at you and think of you as just an everyday person, but I know you think of yourself as an everyday person. How do you keep yourself completely grounded and completely sort of, yeah, I, you know, I've run a few marathons. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's everything else you've got it, it, as well as the running it, it's 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 um I'm a mum I um have a business all of these things are fairly ordinary things to do um and th- they're the major part of my life I'm a very ordinary average runner in terms of um times definitely um if in, if anything I'm at the back of the pack but there's these other things that I perhaps <laughs> excel at and it, it's harnessing that internal strengths is the determination the commitment the ambition being brave um the resilience um all of those things so I think everybody has those inside of them I've just channeled them I've learned how to channel them and then use them to drive me in these um I guess uh extraordinary adventures (laughs) would you perceive yourself as a mentally strong person yes but that's something that I work on it has taken a lot of time and a lot of effort and it still does because I have bad days where I think this is all too much and I'm not going to be capable of doing this I'm not going to be able to pull this one off everything is stacking up and um, yeah I have a lot of bad days Um, so that's where I spoke to you before about it's very easy to go in a downward spiral I've practiced I've learnt I continue to practice daily like my running my mental side of it which is try and build that spiral upwards and yeah there's a lot of work goes into that Mm. um so yes I have down days yes I have uh lots of fears and doubts but I'm working on how to improve them um change that is there a place that you go in your head when you're 50 kilometers deep into a long run and you're like this is just crazy difficult are you one of the people that speaks to themselves are you very self-encouraging or where do you go I think I'm very lucky in that since the age of 19 I've been in the fitness industry so I've been a leader a coach um, so coach Nikki comes out um, and coach <laughs> Nikki talks to runner Nikki I'm very lucky that I have this capability of turning on coach because coach Nikki Um, If she was talking to somebody else, she'd be telling them how great they're doing, how wonderful they are. You know, they're strong enough. They're going to be capable of doing this. So she comes out and leads the way. There's there's, um, always the promise of beer at the end. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
<laughs> so if, if nothing else is the driver of when you stop, you get to have a beer. Think um, of that fight. <laughs> and, and yeah, it, it is then if, if it gets very tough is stop and have a look around. So when I get asked what's the best advice you could get, somebody who is trying this for the first time, trying an ultra or trying a marathon or just try, trying to run for the first time, is take a look and, and look around and and take a moment to um, appreciate just what you're doing and, and where you are and, and how strong you are by doing it. Um, we live in a very busy world, mm. don't we? And sometimes it's just important to look up. Look up. Look up. I remember someone saying to me, walk through the city that you walk through every day and instead of just looking straight ahead, just look up. Be amazed. You see things that you've never seen. Mm-hmm. You're like... I didn't know that clock was there or I didn't know that was there or look at the sky off that window or whatever. Yeah. And particularly when you're doing things like you're doing or even just going for a normal run. If you're going on your your daily 10K or whatever, just look up. Yeah. Just have a look. I have same runs that I run regularly over and over and over again. Every day is different because Mm. every day is different. The light of the sun might be different. The rain might be different. Appreciate and absorb and love what you where you are what you're doing if people want to follow this challenge how can they do that where can they find you where can they follow this crazy australian journey <laughs> um i have got my website which is nikkilove.co.uk i'm on all the socials as nikki love runs uh we are going to have a live tracker which will be on the website so you can see this little dot uh moving <laughs> ever so slowly across australia i will try and do as many lives as possible we did that during the 63 marathons um we we tried to put out daily updates of where I am, what I was doing, which direction I'd gone wrong because I get lost very easily. <laughs> yeah, just uh, if, if you want to see how this is done, if you want to join me at the end of the day for a pint, um, then, then please, uh, yeah, follow me. Finally, have you let yourself think about finishing this Australian run? Yes, yeah. I have. I, again, work on the, the mental side of it, which is I write in the past tense, which is I've already done it. It's teaching the subconscious that you're capable of doing this. So I write every day and I've visualized what the start is going to look like, odd days throughout, how I'm gonna be in the van, and what it's going to look like at the end, who's going to be there, what it's going to look like, how it's going to smell, how I'm going to feel. All of these things, they are real in my head. I now just have to make that happen. And you will. I will. Once again, thank you to Nikki for coming on Why in the World. And big shout out to her spaniel as well, actually, who featured a couple of times in that episode. She has had to push back the start of her Oz run, but it is still happening. The 1st of May 2020 is the new start date. You can keep up with everything as it happens on her website, nikkilove.co.uk.